In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Anxiety is this word I'm hearing more and more of. And one of the things that's a little alarming is I'm hearing that anxiety is like a disease that you have. I'm hearing phrases like, I have anxiety. So my question is, is anxiety something you have or is it something you get? What does the Bible have to say about anxiety and how to find victory over it? Find out now. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post. Guys, this is a coffee I'm really excited about. When I buy products, I want to buy products from people who believe similar things that I believe and who live in a similar lifestyle. And I have found that a lot of coffee shops out there, quite frankly, believe garbage that I completely oppose. And so this company's been very refreshing to me. Uh, they are from small town USA. Now, when I say small town, the owner of this company lives in a population of less than 200 people. Uh, these guys are farmers. They are hunters. Uh, they are guides. They are patriots. These guys love the military, and these guys are followers of Jesus Christ. So I'm really excited about their coffee. I'm excited about these guys, but the thing I'm most excited about is I love their coffee. It is smooth. Uh, it's it just it is easy to drink. They don't make decaf. And uh, I just really have been enjoying this coffee, guys. So if you head over to junipermountaintradingpost.com, whenever you enter the code arena, you'll get 10% off every offer. And their coffee is basically $15.99 a pound. That is insanely cheap for the quality of coffee. I think the bourbon barrel is $23.99, but man, check these guys out. This is good stuff. Men in the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. As you know, we are doing two equippings a week all through summer, and so this is a, another opportunity to lead you to your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. Thanks for tuning in to Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. Hey guys, as you know, our goal this year is to uh, find 365 hero stories uh, every day of the year. And this hero story is number 59 from Anthony. And he writes, Men in the Arena has played an important role in me striving to scriptural excellence. Being 24 years old, this is a 24-year-old dude. Being only 24 years old, I value highly all of the podcasts you offer. Your show offers insightful conversations between people about their failures and their struggles, which reminds me that I am 
not alone in this world. Hey, Anthony, thanks so much for being vulnerable. Hit us up at info at with your physical address. We'll shoot you some swag. So, man, I want to get into the meat of this podcast. You know, I get interviewed on a lot of podcasts myself. I have many, many speaking opportunities throughout the year. I sit on many different panels, and one panel stands out in my mind as extremely alarming. I was at uh, a conference, and I was asked to be on a panel with other people who were in full-time ministry. I was the oldest of five on the panel, and I had been in ministry a decade longer than all four of the others combined. And I thought it really alarming. One of the questions asked to us was, have you ever considered getting out of ministry? Have I ever considered getting out of ministry? No. Have I ever considered going to another type of ministry? Yes. Have I ever considered, uh, you know, um, options? Yes, but never considered leaving ministry. I was alarmed that all four of the other panel members said that every one of them not only had considered leaving ministry, now realize I had a decade on all of them combined, but all of them were seen regularly a professional counselor, were taking medication for anxiety, and told all of the people in the audience that if they're going to go into full-time ministry, they need to have a full-time counselor just on hand. I have never had a full-time counselor. I've had counselors. Uh, I've experienced stress. I've experienced woundedness. I've experienced depression. I have experienced anxiety, but I've never been medicated for any of these things. So so I said a few things I think upset the, my panel members, but it got me thinking about anxiety. Is anxiety a disease? They all said they had anxiety. And I'm noticing a lot of these younger men uh, that I talk to talk about having this mysterious disease called anxiety. And I'm going to push back on that. I believe that anxiety is not something you have. I have to default not to psychology. I was a psychology major. That's what I got my degree in. But I'm not going to default to psychology. I'm going to default to the Bible. And when you look at the Bible, it's clear to me, like it's crystal clear that anxiety is not a disease. It is not something that you have. It is not something that you carry around with you until the day you die. Anxiety, my friends, is something you get. So when anxiety wants to creep in, what do you do? Anxiety is, in my opinion, mostly, it, 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 now there is free-floating anxiety, but anxiety mostly revolves around an event. Look at here, we see, an, we see an opportunity in the Bible to learn about anxiety. In Mark chapter 4, verse 37, it says, And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boats were already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're dying? And he got up, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Hush, be still. The wind died down, and all was perfectly calm. So I want to talk about how do you overcome anxiety when you get it? And I'm going to use the acrostic calm because Jesus calmed the storm. So how do we invite Jesus into all situations in our life and help us calm the storm? So guys, I will confess something to you before I get into my acrostic, and the acrostic will spell the word calm. So in the last three years, I've had a doom and gloom perspective of America. We've seen uh, the pandemic crept in, and we saw a lot of damage done through the pandemic, a lot of darkness. We saw a lot of uh, civil unrest. We see 
po- uh, the polarization of political viewpoints. We see the cancelization of anybody who opposes what we believe. But here's, and, and I, I had a real dark view of our culture. But then, out of nowhere, Roe versus Wade gets overturned. I don't know where that came from. That was a shocker. And then we see revival break out across America, starting at Asbury Theological Seminary. And then we've seen in recent times this movie, The Jesus Revolution, come out, talking about the Jesus People movement in the, in the 70s, which was another real dark time in American history. And it hit me. God has got this. He is not surprised. He will not lose. He will not be mocked. And he is going to win a landslide victory in the end. So we can stay calm. We do not have to be alarmed. We do not have to be medicated. Now, I know I'm going to get emails about this already. But if we follow these four things, I think you are going to find that you will become a man or a woman, if you're listening, of peace and of calm. You know, in 1939, on the brink of World War II, England, uh, with rumors of, of invasion and bombing over London, had two million posters made that said, keep calm and carry on. The problem is they never passed them out. <laughs> so, so it's one thing to have the tool at hand. It's another thing to implement it. So when I hear this, phrase, this word calm, I want to go back to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, which is probably the primary premier verse on anxiety. And this is one of the two most prominent verses I pray over people because we live in the most technologically advanced society in the history of the world, but it has not created calm. It is it's rapid. The rapid pace of technology has created anxious, stressed-out people, right? And so in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, here's what we read. Paul writes, From prison... Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the God of peace, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So let's talk about this really quick. The C in this calm acrostic is this, and this is in verses four and five. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. C, when you feel anxiety starting to creep in, celebrate God through praise. Now, praise is when we acknowledge God for who he is, his character and nature. Thanksgiving is when we acknowledge God for what he does. But the very virtue of the character and nature of God demands that we praise him. So when when you take the focus off of your anxiety, when you take your focus off of the problem, and you focus on the character and the nature of the God of the universe, this is a game changer. Paul wrote these words from prison. He was in prison when he wrote these words, and he's saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. One of my favorite verses in the Psalms is Psalm 61.2. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In other words, lead me to the God that is bigger than my problems. Lead me to the God that is bigger than these moments when I experience 
the event of anxiety. Lead me to the God that is higher than I. So, so the first thing you see, we celebrate God through praise. The A is we ask. Look at the disciples in the boat. They woke Jesus up. He's asleep on a pillow. They woke him up. They asked. I have a friend of mine, and he tells me this all the time. He says, hey, Jim, you have not because you ask not. So ask. Ask God to help you with your anxiety. In over 35 years of full-time ministry, I have overwhelmingly prayed this over Christians more than any other verse in the Bible. And look at Paul. He's in prison, and he writes to his people, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I hope you see a couple things there. This is He's not saying, hey, ask God to cure you of your anxious disease. Ask God to put you on Xanax. Ask God to go to your psychologist and hire a full-time professional counselor at $150 an hour. He says, hey, guys, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. I think a lot of time as Christians, we, we put ourselves in the throne. We put our uh, uh, things that stress us out on the throne. But God is saying, hey, how about this, guys? How about put me on the throne? So I'm going to celebrate who God is through prayers. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to turn to God in prayer and ask him with thanksgiving to help me. The L is this. Man, I'm going to, if you haven't figured this out already, I'm going to lean into Jesus. What does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not... Yes, lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Lean on him. Lean into him when you get that bad prognosis from the doctor. Lean into him when your boss is a jerk at work. Lean into him when your kids go wayward. Lean into him when you just are so stressed out you don't know what else to do. Lean into Jesus. I love what verse 7 says in Philippians chapter 4. Look at the beautiful promise here. And the peace of God. What's the opposite of anxiety? Peace. The peace of God. You don't need to medicate yourself with alcohol. You don't need to medicate yourself with edibles or smoking marijuana or getting Xanax from your doctor. You don't need to medicate your life when you are sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will give you. He promises to give you peace that surpasses all comprehension, that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So the question for me is, do you have peace? Are you leaning into Jesus? Well, Jim, that is more complicated than that. Agree to disagree. I am a Bible guy. I'm going to go with the Bible. If you want to go with pop psychology, go for it. I'm going to go with the Bible. I'm just going there. It always, It always comes back to this. Are you all in for Jesus Christ? There's nothing more stressful than knowing that the next day you're going to get your head cut off or that you're going to get hung upside down on the cross or you're going to get burned alive or you get stabbed through with a sword. All of the disciples experience these things, all but one. But these guys are sold out. And I think the problem in our culture is we're weak and we're soft, but it all comes down to not being sold out. When you sell out for Jesus, he puts a, a hardness around your soul, a hardness, a resolution around you, a, a solid, stable component to your emotions. And the M is simply this, meditate on good things. You know, when we, when we experience anxiety, we're comp- meditating on the bad things. We're focused. Another word for meditation is focus. Meditate on the good things. 
meditate on the things of God. Look what Paul writes here. He says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good rep reputation, if there's anything like excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell, meditate, focus on these things. Some of us need to get out of our bleachers, the bleachers of our pity party, and we need to get in the game. We need to take a hard look at our relationship with Jesus, and we need to ask ourselves, am I all in? My medication, my medical marijuana, what am I putting in front of Jesus? My uh, you know, fifth of uh, Jack Daniels or whatever? Guys, we need to work through this, man. We need to celebrate. When we are experiencing anxieties, dirty, evil head creeping into our lives, we need to get calm. We need to celebrate God through praise. We need to ask God to help us. We need to lean into Jesus, and we need to meditate on the things and focus on the things that are going to take us to the positive place in Jesus Christ. Guys, if this podcast helped you today, please make sure that you are a subscriber of the Men in the Arena podcast. This helps us uh, go up the charts. It helps us influence more guys. Until next time, feel the wet sound on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.